talk a good game. Uh, well, happy New Year to everybody out there, by the way. I should have started with that, maybe. But uh, Happy New Year to everybody. You know, hopefully it's going to be a prosperous, healthy New Year for people out there. And, um, you know, and and hopefully we'll achieve something and um, meet that will be rem- memorable, like just like 2022 uh, in terms of the ladies and uh, some other triumphs as well. But, um, Ger- Fergal, I've got Fergal Lynch here with me. How are you, Jimmy? Yeah, looking forward to an exciting 2023, as you said. Um, hopefully we can have a, a successful year, uh, which probably leads in nicely to looking back and reflecting on what a great year we had in 2022. And uh, as most people probably know at this stage, on Friday the 20th of January, we have our annual, I think it's our 16th or 17th year of our Mead Sports Awards. So that's a, a big night, Jimmy, that we're looking forward to. You'll get the, well, I was going to say you get the dicky ball out, but it's not a back to high <laughs> event this year. Mm. But uh, you'll get the glad rags on and uh, get the hair cut and uh, the fake tan on looking forward to the sports awards Jimmy yes uh, I, don't, I don't use any fake tan Fergal not, no you're just uh, naturally unlike, unlike yourself yeah, unlike yeah. yourself you know, that's but, blood pressure Jimmy yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my well, colour comes from blood pressure right okay well it, it looks very like fake tan to me but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah look it's going to be a great I, I enjoy meeting the, the people because uh, you know you meet them at matches during the year you don't generally have time to talk to people and so on but much, uh, yeah. you're yeah. rushing back to do a match report or something like that but it's it's great to meet people um, and and talk about the the events, the achievements of the year, and particularly to meet the people who achieved these great wondrous feats and how they did it, and they talk about their dedication and and um, their their uh, really the application and commitment to their sport, and it's all very interesting stuff. Uh, so we're looking forward to that, Fergal, the twenty of January. Yeah, we have. Uh Three, we've a lot. We've, I think we've six or seven categories this year, um, but our, the main one being the overall sports person of the year. Three very strong candidates for that, Jimmy, and uh, the, the now former Mead Ladies manager, Eamon Murray. Uh, we also have Evan champion Ferguson. flat jockey, uh, Colin Keane, and uh, Irish soccer sensation and the man on everybody's lips at the minute, Evan Ferguson. Yeah. So uh, we're blessed, really, in the county, and, and three very strong candidates for. Our overall sports sports star or sports person of the year award. Yeah, what what a week it has been for Evan Ferguson. His his uh, his dad Barry Ferguson. He's uh, works with the FAI development officer, but uh, he was a player himself and he captain Longford Town to an FAI Cup victory in two thousand and three. He played for Shamrock Rovers, Bowes, and so on. But uh, so the, you know what, Fer- uh, Evan. You know he scored against Arsenal, Fergal. Yeah, New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a, a really give him another tick in his column for uh, in terms of his possibility to win the award for twenty twenty two. But he had made such a breakthrough, earned his first senior cap for the Republic of Ireland. He also scored for the under twenty ones in that Euro, unfortunately, which they didn't win. But he scored in the in the Euro playoff against Israel as well, and. Uh, he scored a goal, I think, for Brighton in the Carabao Cup against Forest Green Rovers. He did, yeah. And also scored a couple of sensational cups or goals in in for Brighton in their uh, Premier League two games as well. He, he's he's a man with a bright future. The remarkable thing about Evan is his 
precocity. Is that the word? Is that the word we could use here? Yeah, he, he's yeah, extremely for a young precocious man, yeah, yeah. young man. He was 14 when he played for Boas against Chelsea. Against Chelsea, a pre-season friendly. Came back to haunt Frank Lampard again there yeah, the other exactly, day again. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Played against Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Yeah, uh, humiliated uh, Frank Lampard's Everton. Yeah, uh, but he played against them yes, when Frank did, Lampard yes. was manager of Chelsea. Exactly. Yes, and they, that was in Dillingham Park. I yeah. think it was, and. Um, <laughs> You know, so the, you know he's he's a, a player that certainly and the the the, the, Zerbe, the Brighton manager has great praise for him. Yeah, he talks about yeah. his strength, and you could see that in the, in the goal against Arsenal, the strength he has, Fergal. You know the way the, it was only a half chance the ball came in. The, the, the defender should have had had it sewn up. Yeah, and cleared. that's Saliba, the man that they're ranting and raving about at Arsenal, and what and he is. He's been a brilliant buy for Arsenal and transfer transformed their defence for them has been a brilliant player but Evan at 18 years and 72 days just shrugged him off as if he wasn't there and then finished beyond England goalkeeper goalkeepers at the World Cup and Aaron Ramsdale and yeah. you know and all this from a, a kid from Bettystown it's great yeah, to see wonderful to see wonderful to see Fergal so Evan is one of the one yeah, of the Colin players. Keane then yeah. uh, you know remarkable year again 90 Keane. winners wasn't it yeah and, 90 but, winners but that's not even you know that's not even the biggest of the achievements in other years it's remarkable how how um, targets change you know I think when Colin won his first flat title for flat national jockeys title if that's the right title for it uh, I think he got 80 something winners and it was a tight race and he got 80 something winners uh, then last year he got 120 something 127 or possibly even more winners it was unbelievable and it's been the record uh, he broke the record for the most winners ever that was last year yeah, that was yeah. last year and, and this year sorry 19... last year being 2021 yeah then in 2022 he had a tight race with Billy Lee uh, that went right down to the wire and uh, I think yeah 90 odd winners I think is what, what he ended up winning the 90, flat race yeah. for. but not only that he, he picked up a ride on Westover in the Irish Derby, Derby. and yes. to win an Irish Derby uh, for any jockey is just probably peak career peak of a highlight of their career uh, and it's no different for Colin Keane he's been sensational as lead jockey for for Jerry Lyons and he's picking up rides all over the world now as well um, it, it, he's just relentless in his success and it's great to see of course he's a former Mead Sports Person of the Year award winner himself he'd be hoping but he, to, to win a second one So he, he's such a nice guy as well ah, you know you talk yeah. to him uh, a modest nice guy but there's obviously that hunger there for success and ability and because you know I, I, I know from jo- jockeys I know down the years I know you know the starving say they have to do I yeah, knew jockeys yeah. who have to go through this I'm not, I'm not sure Colin has to do that I don't think so but uh, you know the he works they, hard too. You know, he keeps works extremely hard and extreme. Uh, have to make extreme uh, sacrifices, and he's only a young guy. You yeah, know. you talk about him being a nice guy, you know. And I do always say it's not off the ground. You lick these things, and Jerry and Esther, his mother and father, are just brilliant people, superb people, and and uh, highly regarded around Trim, highly regarded in racing circles. The, the Canes, you know, they're mm. they're just top class people I'm delighted for, for Colin but I'm also delighted for Jerry and Esther Kane it's great and everybody called Colin Keane but it's Kane, Kane around Trim yeah. but, um, and, and you talk about the starving or the wasting as uh, Davy Russell called it when her brilliant interview with him on RT over the Christmas of course Davy Russell announced his retirement and 
one of the questions Hugh Cattle asked him was, you know, you have a reputation for being grumpy and being contrary around the weigh room. And he was like, you kind of like, oh, was I? You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't believe well, it was. I suppose if you're hungry all the time. Kind of, and that's exactly what it was. It was only when he got back into the car and maybe had a snack or had something to eat and, you know, he realised... She's like, I'm wasting here. And it was the hunger can affect people like that. But, of course. But he also, he says, oh, and I loved horse racing. I love riding, he says, and I love, it was all fun for me. When he went to the track, it wasn't about fun. It was about winning. And that's the type of mentality that makes Colin Keane and makes Evan Ferguson winners and made our other third nominee as well, which is Eamon Murray, made mm-hmm. him a winner. Eamon loves football. And uh, as I said, he's the third nominee for our Sports Person of the Year Award. And it's all about having fun and all about great crack and ensuring the environment is good for players to prosper and to be the best they can be. But when they cross that white line, he wants to win. So he's there to win. He's not there to have fun on the day of games. And, uh, but he's there to win. And a very, very serious man. And by Jay-Z won. He won, he won. Again, yeah, another again. great, lo- lovely guy to meet. Great man to talk to. Again, but it, but there's a competitive edge there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what I admire most about Eamon over the years is the this environment he has created around the ladies' team. This environment where they want to perform, where they feel happy. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I've seen players talk about maybe they weren't that happy, in, you know, um, before that too much, you know. But uh, certainly... It, it, playing football for me but it, but he brought in a new sort of outlook a new culture and you have to admire any manager for that and, because so much goes you know so much success that takes place on the field so much of it is uh, off the field yeah well I, I do I used to always say that for every hour of play that you see going on in the field there's been probably 12 hours of training gone in to prepare for that hour Mm, you yeah. know if you think there's three nights training for two or three hours and then there's your prep before you know a night and then you've were prep beforehand and your analysis after there's more more there's probably 20 hours of work goes into every hour that's produced on a football field and that's the unseen stuff so you're talking five percent of what you see on on a football field is actually part of a player's week or a player's preparations and and, and the other 95% goes unseen the hard work that's put in by managers and Eamon Murray being one of those and all his players and his coaches so three phenomenal uh, nominees mm. we're not going to ask uh, for, for predictions because we have to sit down we have a group we have a panel uh, that sit down and uh, decide our winner so it's not just me or you uh, Jimmy so we can't take the blame or the credit for who wins these awards but we have a panel of people that sit down and decide these winners so we also have uh, just to go through some of the other categories as well um, we, we'd like to honour some of the outstanding achievements that have happened during the year as well and as I said we can only have maybe three nominees for the overall sports person but some of the performances of the other people have to be recognised as well and you think of Dermot McLaughlin up in Retote there and he saddled his second successive Irish Grand National winner when Lord Lariat won mm. uh, that's a, an unbelievable achievement and he's in our, one of our outstanding achievement nominees as well as uh, two athletes there maybe you'll, you'll talk about them Keith Lane and Niall Cornyn are also in the running yeah well yeah Niall is a triathlon really he, he won a couple of triathlons and again he, well, he's a very admir- admirable figures because um, 
Oh, the commitment that goes into training for those triathlon. These are these are really difficult uh, races, and and Keith Lane as well. He he won a race, the Kerry Way. The distance, Fergal, was two hundred kilometers. Holy shit! No, it actually wasn't two. It was two hundred and ten kilometers. Yeah. He told me afterwards. He just told me two hundred kilometers, but actually, it's more than that. Yeah. So he was being a bit modest, you know. Yeah, but we couldn't do the ten kilometers. Never mind the <laughs> well, two hundred. Never mind the ten out to two hundred. Five didn't kilometers, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so these men are, you know, outstanding achievements during the year. Niall mm. Cornyn has, has, mm. is at the peak of his, uh, of his game there. He's one of the leading triathletes in the country. And Keith Lane, with that phenomenal performance win in a 210 kilometre race in Kerry. We also had uh, Keen Barry. Keen Barry. Um, yeah, un- yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him at the World Darts Championship. But Keen did uh, have a phenomenal achievement in reaching the semi final of the UK Open. Uh, this year beating former world champion James Wade along the way so Keith Barry is making continuing to make a huge name for himself in the dark scene and our fifth and final nominee in the outstanding achievement is uh, Navin woman Sam Monaghan uh, yes, a rugby player. She yeah. she was on the first Six Nations. She was on the, the Six Nations uh, women's team of the the twenty twenty two Six Nations, and she was part of the uh, the tour to Japan, the first ever women's tour to summer tour to Japan. So um, she picked she, up she, numerous player of the match awards as well. Yeah. She's been really her debut season for Ireland at, at international level. Um, former Mead Ladies goalkeeper, I think. She was in goals when Mead won the All-Ireland under 16 in, in 2009 under Eamon Murray. So, yeah. you know, she's great sporting pedigree, comes from a good sporting family here in Navan and uh, really made her mark on the international yeah. scene in rugby. So. so there was others, yeah, yeah. So there's she, Sam, yeah, well, she did very well. There was others we, too as well, Fergal, wasn't there? You know, yeah, well, categories as well. And yeah, so the Young Sports Person of the Year, uh, we'll just fly through these. Um, Gavin Ryan, he, I think he's from Dunboyne, but he actually boxed Boxer. out of the Retort. Uh, boxing club he won a senior national title uh, despite his young years and he's been uh, he's tipped to go far in the boxing scene with Jack Douglas from Minaldi uh, who played for the Republic of Ireland and scored at the amputee football world cup he's a remarkable story as well Mm. Uh, you know he could easily have had a a lot of adversity in his youth and and lost a leg and and he could easily have uh, just given up the ghost but he's turned himself into a Republic of Ireland international and yeah, uh, at the top of his game scoring a goal at, at against Turkey I think it was at the uh, Uruguay the amputee uh, football or Uruguay uh, was yeah, it the amputee yeah. it, it, was, in it Turkey, was in Turkey yeah. in Turkey I knew it was there I still have Turkey on my mind from Christmas yeah. <laughs> and uh, the third nominee is uh, another young Navin man Sam Curtis uh, who played for St. Pat's Athletics only 16 years of age Said, well, he's 70 now, 70 but, yeah, now but he for, was well, yeah, a 16 yeah. year old played for St. Pat's yeah. uh, in their 1 0 win. Did he play in that game uh, against the, CSK Sophia? He came on as a substitute in that game by the 74th, 5th minute, something like that. And uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, St. Pat's lost the the return leg 2 2 0, but yeah. there was a huge achievement. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's a, a really talented up and coming young player. So he's achieved a lot already. He played under age at various levels for Ireland too. Yeah, and then our team of the year, um, the Mead ladies are going for a hat-trick in this. Uh, they've been, they're nominated again in the team of the year category in 2000. And in 2020, 2020, they won it for after winning uh, Division 3 of the league and the All-Ireland Intermediate title. In 2021, they won it after winning Division 2 of the league in the All-Ireland Senior Final. And now they're in the running again after winning Division 1 of the league and the All-Ireland Senior yeah. Final. So uh, they're going for a hat-trick, but they'll face stiff competition 
from Castletown GA who are uh, won the A-League Division 3 they yeah. won the Mead Three, Junior yeah, yeah. Championship they won the Leinster Junior Championship and of course as we mentioned just later on they have a massive game tomorrow uh, against uh, just a, a little team from Kerry tiny mm. little village yeah, team they, there they, should they, have they've, no problem beating Fosser yeah, I'm they sure should have. yeah they've got one or two decent players we've heard a couple of but, decent uh, players yeah we'll talk um, about them later on but um, the third team nominated then are Trim Celtic Jimmy for uh, they had memorable yeah. season as well yeah absolutely they won the, the cup and the league uh, double it's not easy to do that of course and uh, not many team me, me teams have done that over the years the North East Football League double shall we say and Robbie Horgan did a brilliant job there brought a, a great collection of players together and uh, turned them into a very formidable team yeah well that's a Robbie's good work is rewarded with uh, a nomination then in it's one of our new categories which is the coach of the year category yeah. so as you said Robbie has had his own adversity down through the years with illness and that yeah. um, but he's done a remarkable job there with with Trim Celtic I think they were expecting a kind of a transition period after Alan Murphy left but Robbie and and his sidekick Robbie Westall actually have done a, yes, a great Robbie, job yeah. there with Trim Celtic and Aidan Young uh, is recognised for his Castletown manager his yeah. work with Castletown again they were a, a club that were relegated from the intermediate ranks and, and only looked to be going one way mm. um, but Aidan Young came in and rejuvenated them and gave youth its fling and he's been rewarded with it and as he says himself he trusts his players a lot and, yes, and he, it's a great style of management a great style again you know it's about creating that culture around a team he empowers the players it seems you know he lets them make the decision he, he takes on board what they say all the time they actually make the decisions on the sometimes on the field yeah. if they need if they see something that needs to be done they do that and it's it's lovely to see that you know that empowerment and it clearly works yeah and uh, another nominee the, the third nominee for coach of the year is Richie Keeley as well and uh, Dunshockland I know they were disappointed last year and, and they got relegated from the senior football sorry I keep saying last year obviously yeah, 2021, 2021 getting what? relegated but Richie uh, has steadied the ship there and along with Paul Clark um, they've done a great job they got to the league division 1B got to that league final uh, won the mid intermediate <sighs> title very impressively and got to the the Leinster club intermediate final as well unfortunately uh, the gods conspired on, or to to Beaten upset back. the plans and and uh, you know <laughs> Fetter beat them Fetter beat them and yeah. and they play Kerry champions now as well Retinue but uh, it was been a great year for the Dunshockland that Dunshockland team and Richie Keeley uh, yeah. rightfully nominated for uh, one of the club of the year awards uh, or sorry one of the coach of the year awards yeah. the club of the year awards we have uh, three nominees there as well uh, Trim GA Club um, I know it seems like a long time ago but it was actually in 2022 when Trim won the Leinster Intermediate Club title mm. and got to an All-Ireland Club final yeah. and then on the hurling front dominated mm. uh Division 1 titles at under 13, 15, 17, 21 yeah, and senior year for them. in the championship and it's just been throughout the club they've just enjoyed success at all levels at all grades and they also picked up a medal recently uh, at Uderus Nagelga uh, part of the GA thing where they picked up a medal for the use of the Irish language in the club as well Ratochi Air another member or another nominee for the club of the year remarkable that they get uh, for the club to get to um, t- 
two senior county finals in hurling and football and it's just mm. testament to the work that's put in at that club there and uh, that they can drive on and you know they're a, they're a club that are really going to be to the forefront of mead championships in both hurling and football for the future certainly yeah so and great achievement by them as well of yeah. course and they, they'd be recognised too and they, the third one then is Mead Bulls uh, which is a bit of a, a bowl from a bowl from the blue <laughs> we call it but uh, <laughs> A great little club that's based in Aura Leisure Centre there in Trim Jimmy. They've had, they provide a great community service for for people. What's, I don't like to say it's for older people because younger people are quite you know welcome to go down and play mm. in the bowls club. But they provide a brilliant club uh, outlet there for older people to go down and play bowls. It's a leisurely sport to play. Singing and taking it up myself, Fargo. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it might suit. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're a great little club there as well and, and they're nominated for the club of the year I think it, yeah. um, so Joe for Simons there um, Joe yeah is a great he, one the leading um, lights of us um, he invited me down there one day someday to go down and just see what, what goes on so maybe I'll do that yet yeah you have to get your balls out and get them polished though, before <laughs> balls, you go I think down. it is balls, oh, sorry get your balls out get them polished before yeah. you go down but uh, and then the last one which we you know we, we've mentioned a good few times on the podcast over the years uh, that without the support of PROs for stuff mm-hmm. that we can't get to we wouldn't be able to provide the extensive coverage of all sports that we give in the newspaper and uh, we try to encourage more PROs to send in more stuff to us and as I said we're here to promote their sports and unfortunately not every PRO or not every club or sporting organisation in the county uh, has effective or efficient PROs but you certainly can't be said about our three nominees for our PRO of the year Manalvi GA is Paul Green uh, Navin Matney is Colin O'Brien and uh, mm. Nicholas Pratt from North Mead mm. Rugby Club they've yeah. been brilliant in sending in sending re- stuff regular in to every, us. every yeah. week every week in week out and this is this is for the last few years now yeah you know so so look at we, they're, they're all our nominees for the sports awards as we said they're on the Newgrange Hotel on uh, Friday the 20th of January all the invites are gone out to those nominees there are limited tickets available if people want to uh, want to buy tickets to come to the event yeah. uh, they need to let us know fairly soon so if they can email sports at meadchronicle.ie if you're interested in buying a, a ticket I think it could be 60 quid for a ticket but it, it's always a great night hopefully we'll have a few special guests on the night and we'll have uh, plenty of chats and conversations mm, and it's so a, a great opportunity to meet some of the some of the county sporting best and, and it's uh, a one we of the nights we have a few legends there yes yeah well you'll be there so that's the start well, and uh, it's it's just one of these nights of the year that we always look forward to yes indeed Fergal but uh, that, so we, we want to celebrate what happened in 2022 but uh, the 2023 season Fergal has already started I know we're only in the what, sure sixth, has, Jimmy. Sixth, sixth of uh, January but already there's been quite a bit of action already and you were down there to see a um, sig- very significant moment in the recent history of Mead football yeah. was the, the Conor Morrow's first game as manager yeah. against Carlo down there uh, Carlo there Wednesday night yeah look the bottom line of it is that Conor Morrow got his, his tenure off to a win and start uh, with a one sixteen to one nine victory over Carlo, certainly didn't look that promising at half time when they trailed yeah. by three points to one five. Uh, so to outscore Carlo by thirteen points to four in the second half was a uh, probably a better indication of just how good Mead were. But look, probably the the result was was 
a bit of a side story it was all about Colm O'Rourke and the photographers were all focused on Colm O'Rourke coming out of the dressing room and standing with the team and that was the main focus you know, he's, he's given so much to meet football down through mm. the years and now he's given up a lot People, are, people are very hopeful, Fergal. I, uh, we just talk to people around, they're optimistic and hopeful that he, yeah, that look, Colin can really... There was plenty to enthuse about from Wednesday night's game as well. I, I always find it very harsh on... So there were seven debutants on Wednesday night. I always find it very harsh when you put in so many new players. So basically half the team were, were new players that had never played harsh for me. On, on harsh on those lads to expect them to perform against and Carlo fielded a pretty strong team so it was harsh on them so I, when I think players are given their debuts you like to see maybe three lads thrown in and seeing how they perform uh, in the team setup with the more experienced lads but when you put in seven fellas who have never because played before because the team is weak and generally you, you, you say you, yeah that you they mean, could be under pressure it's, it's, it's nerves plays a huge part and I thought that was the biggest the biggest issue with Mead's first half performance against Carlo that they had so many debutants like their goalkeeper and entire full back line had never played senior football for Mead before so Sean, Sean Brennan James O'Hare Harry O'Higgins and Sean Rafferty had never played football for but Mead before what does nerves be, a, be an issue no matter where when they start to play Fergal no matter yeah, but if, if you throw if, them into the first round of a yeah, championship yeah, yeah. match yeah, say, but the thing, or, my, my point is that you had seven of them mm. Now I know we say oh, so you burn cup and lads deserve a chance yeah and absolutely and fair play to Colm and Barry Callan Stephen Bray for giving those lads their opportunity but I think just for their point of view you'd like to think well put me in, in a stronger team and see how I get on when I'm surrounded by the top 12 or the top 13 and see how I get on whereas instead you know there was six of the 14 outfield players were brand new so there was eight fellas that and there were still some key players missing um, so as I said those four made their debut uh, two Moriarty boys Connor and Dermot Moriarty from Corraha made their debuts and Aaron Lynch made his debut so three of your six starting forwards were all and they all worked so hard and they all applied themselves so hard they played against the wind they were difficult conditions uh, Carlo played good football in fairness in the first half and it was difficult for me to get into the game and I felt sorry for those seven guys trying to who went out to try and make an impression on their first day out and they're all lumped in together and but they did well look they, they worked hard and in the second half me turned it around yeah. but it did you know it was the introduction of a couple of more experienced heads especially the likes of Killian O'Sullivan Don Leanhan come in then uh, and got a couple of crucial scores at crucial times um, but you know, it's an opportunity, as Conor O'Rourke said, and you'll hear it in the interview that um, myself and Brendan Cummins got with him after the game. You'll hear it now. We'll play it now in a couple of minutes. That Conor said, it's an opportunity for these lads to get in. And there was nerves before the game. and But once they got settled into it, he was happy with the application and the pride they showed in the jersey. And there'll be six more lads I'll get. Uh, another that didn't get any football on Wednesday night will get football tomorrow in Partholchen mm. against Leash in the second mm. round. So, you know, it, it really turned around and uh, just looking down through the game, you know, Dara Foley caused me an awful lot of problems. Uh, all three lads, all three new guys in the full back line had, mentioned a, all right as had well. a go on him to see how could they contain him. And it was just very difficult in that first half. Uh, he scored 1-4 of their 1-5 in the first half and then he scored another four points in the second half he scored all their scores in the second half but all four of those scores 
in the second half let me just check before three of the four scores he scored in the second half were from freeze right so you know he they really managed to curtail his impact in the second half and one of the best things about Mead's play was that they moved the ball and it's a real characteristic of Paul Garrigan who's the who was the former Mead ladies coach that they moved the ball well through the hands out from defence and then when they get into space in around midfield kick passing it was great to see kick passing back in the Mead game and as Colin O'Rourke said Dublin do it and Galway do it and Kerry do it so why should Mead not try to do it rather than hand passing rather than the slow hand passing is, is, it, is it not, isn't it not less accurate the kick pass yeah well that's if it's not coached properly and if it's not practiced properly it is less accurate but if you practice and practice and practice makes perfect and if you you know improve your skills at kick passing and uh, I heard Dear Moriarty saying on We Are Mead uh, on the, ben, their guys podcast as well that when you have great players, you know, delivering good quality foot passing into you, it's easy for them to flourish. And Dermot Moriarty made the most of it. He was brilliant and he scored four points. He was outstanding in the second half. So the, the, the ball is played quicker into the forwards. The ball is played uh, quicker, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's not this carrying it up to the 45, which we so used to see a lot of, and then nearly turning back and playing it back into mm. midfield and you know, kind of like jabbing. In boxing parallel, well, kind of like jabbing at defence, just jab, possession jab, jab. was everything. Yeah, now it's like let's get the ball and deliver it in quick into our forwards when when they do have a bit of space. That, that, that was Sean Boylan's mantra back in the day. Yeah, get the ball quickly into the forwards. Yeah, yeah. before the opposition can get back and get yeah, men yeah. behind Whereas the ball. there used to be a lot of passing around midfield, yeah. hold on to it. So now yeah. Colin O'Rourke and, and his manager team look to be trusting their their. Uh, inside forward line and that let's get the ball into them and let them take on the defence whereas before it was you know, hold on to the ball till we can get numbers up there right whereas and now get, it's let the ball in quick get, and get and certain it, players into positions to it, take scores it, it reaped rewards it said they scored it was 1-5 to 3 at half time uh, I'm just looking at the, the score in here 1-2-3 4-5 6 7 8 9 10 10 of Meade's 13 points in the second half came from play one mark and two frees uh, so you know mm. was letting that ball in quick and trusting your forwards to do the job and, and it was good to mm. see and it, it'll be interesting to see again it is only the O'Byrne Cup uh, a lot of experimentation and things will get tougher but it, it will be interesting to see how they go on uh, from there starting with Leash on Saturday yeah, well, that sounds very encouraging for for me yeah. to I'm sure to uh, hear that because that was one of the things that people were, were concerned about. Mm-hmm. That we, you know, I mean, we we can't play back in the day where we just win the ball in midfield and, and lamp it into the full forward line. Yeah, look, uh, you know, it has to be done with a bit more precision. But if that's what they're trying to do now, it, and it's a, it's a new broom that's in there now in terms of the new managing team. Uh, they're not entirely sweeping clean, but there are a lot of changes. So, mm. uh, you know, the, Brian Menton hasn't come back and I'm not sure if he is coming back there's no Brian McMahon there's no uh, Eamon Wallace there's no uh, well Conor McGill wasn't there but I think he is due to come back he's just taken an extra couple of weeks break uh, there's no Shane Walsh there's no Ethan Devine there's, uh, so there's been a lot yeah. of changes in the overall panel so but this, you know yeah. and so we've, they've given opportunities you know like Jason Scully was excellent the other night his pace caused Jim uh, Moriarty was brilliant and said he scored four points Aaron Lynch uh, a lot of touting to get Aaron involved in the senior and but he was one of the players in the first half that it was difficult difficult conditions only when he went out onto the field after the game 
you realise just how tricky that breeze was. But he never stopped and he worked hard and he got his tackles in around the 45 and wasn't afraid to have a mm. go when he did get his opportunity. Mm. Just the front of the post, it wasn't his well, day, but he still looked bright and lively. And I think any, any inter-county player would tell you that it takes a few years even, yeah, two or three years to get used to that. Yeah, pace. Well, uh, so I, I would still have high hopes for, for Aaron there yeah. as well. And Matthew Costello looked very impressive as a left left-sided right-sided left-footed freak-taker he was very assured kicked a couple of good points from freeze with his left foot uh, Dahi McGowan was excellent in midfield especially in the second half played really well Breen Conlon grew into the game as well as Mead became more dominant uh, inexperienced Breen player, Conlon yeah. Kind, yeah, one, of these, one of those experienced players Don Kyogen I don't know how that man keeps going he played with Mead all year straight into club championship with Rakeni when the club championship was over regional. with Rakeni straight into the regional and then he's captain and centre back for Mead against Carlo the other day. Call uh, Hickey, Owen Harkin, Call Hickey, I think, is uh, Sigerson Cup. So he came off at half time. He's involved in that. And, and the, the three boys in the full back line James O'Hare, Harry O'Higgins, Sean Rafferty. Okay, Foley caused trouble. But as I said, he was the only one. He, they scored 1 9, he scored 1 8 of it. And defensively, Mead did well against them. Sean Brennan made a brilliant save later, later on when. When uh, I think there was only a point in it, it was 14 points to 1 9, two points in it, 30 seconds to go. And uh, Connor Crowley, who was a threat for Carlo, yeah. looked like he was about to make the onion sack uh, dance. Ra- dance there. But a uh, brilliant save from Sean Brennan. So, yeah. uh, and, and then Mead finished it off with a couple of points from Keith Curtis and uh, Matt Costello free. And, yeah, good win. And, and now I'll go to that interview that we got with Colm O'Rourke after the game in Carlo on Wednesday night. Colin, happy to get that one under your belt and get away to a winning start. Well, certainly we certainly are, considering the position we were in at half-time looked a bit dodgy, but in fairness to the lads, they put in a great second half, and, and I thought the last 10 or 15 minutes was was the best, and it's always, I think, a good sign of a team when you see them finishing strongly. Well, there was a little bit of a worry at half-time that Mead weren't really contesting everything. No, we seem to lack a bit of energy and confidence and enthusiasm about it, but maybe it's to be expected like with seven fellas who hadn't worn a meat jersey uh, for the seniors before and they were quite nervous and uh, uh, I suppose maybe it was a, a big demand to put in so many new players together but in fairness a lot of them acquitted themselves well they kept going at it and uh, you know, the second half was, was, was good from our point of view Carlo got their goal after 22 minutes or thereabouts they went very defensive then in possession playing a possession game but there didn't seem to be much that Mead could do about it. No, but we did change the second half and push right up on them and then we started to cause them lots of problems. We we made the, the goalie kick long and uh, almost all the, the possession they got then, they had to contest. But we took risks and we left ourselves a bit open at the back at times and I suppose they could have had another goal the second half too. But uh, I thought we did quite well when we pushed up. We could have had a couple of goals as well. But uh, overall, you know, low Loads of mistakes, loads of things to work on, but the lads are going the right way. You must have been happy with your substitutions at halftime. Yeah, well, you know, the, the fact that you had unlimited substitution has given us a great opportunity to try more and more players. Like the lot of fellas again coming on who haven't played much, if any, for Mead. And the, the, the O'Burn Cup is going to be that sort of thing. Like we'll be throwing in another six or seven on Saturday who didn't play any part tonight and they'll come in for Saturday so we want in these three games to give uh, 
over 30 players games so it's just a matter of switching around the, the, the men but uh, the substitutes certainly made a big impact on the game now the second half on the win a four point win in the end um, but uh, still got it hard with momentum you had great momentum in the second half still got it very hard until very late to get their noses in front yeah well we did miss a lot too and our, our accuracy wasn't good that's another thing that we must improve on uh, yeah when we we sort of got to them with 10 minutes to go I thought we should have maybe pulled away a bit easier there was a couple of goal chances the ball wasn't maybe just delivered to the right man at the right time but again you know it, it, I, I, I look for effort honesty commitment pride in the jersey and uh, I think we got all of those things in that second half Happy man tonight Ah yeah, well I'm always happy but <laughs> it's a it's this is a this is a, a long project but we have a, a very willing group of players and I, I'm very happy with their commitment and effort so far you, Sorry you said you know these three games with your one win under your belt now how important would it be to get that fourth game really right up to the start of the league is that something that you would like or would you prefer a breakdown before the start of the league No I don't think you can with a young team like this you can't beat winning and give them a bit of confidence and uh, we'll be going to win every one of the games as best we can I I know Leash were beaten tonight I don't know whether they put out a team that's going to be weaker and maybe put out the strong team on Saturday but we'll be going after a win on Saturday and next Wednesday night in Ashburn and every other game that we play even if it's seven aside I don't think he can beat winning and we won't be taking it easy in any game at all this year then the hurlers doubled it up yeah. last night yeah I was down in uh, Bray Emmett's ground uh, to see the hurlers t- Sorsa Bolfin it's a new era in the football it's a new era in the hurling as well Sorsa Bolfin started his reign uh, with a victory over 18 points to 111 victory over Wicklow and uh, you know again it was you know, Cup like the Bourne Cup is about experiment giving young players talents and he certainly gave plenty of young players uh, a run out in this game Fergal and uh, you know there was there was uh, some very encouraging performances all right uh, like most of the team was was actually newcomers you would say there was there was um, some regular Paul Johanna and there he got he got 12 points actually you know yeah, so deadly, he was yeah, Keen Rogers deadly. there he's been there before and he got four points brilliant player as well uh, Evan Fitzgerald one of the newcomers he got a, a point from a, slide, a sideline cut and it's always it's a brilliant skill there Brendan yeah. McKeown another Kodaki man uh, he, he played well with a point and he, he'd be one of the you'd imagine the go-to players that uh, Sorsha would build his team around so you, you talk about styles as well he, he had this style of uh, he, he likes to, to, to move the ball out Passing players passing through the to the lines until about halfway, and then maybe feed it into the one of the forwards who is trying to make space, you know. And they did that very well for much of the game. Now it, the game itself descended into a bit of a scrappy encounter because both teams are, you know, using subs a lot of subs, yeah, and, that, yeah. and that's understandable. But uh, it was a win. It was a good start. So we'd be very optimistic as well. There, we, it'd be interesting to see how this team evolves and how um, Sorsa, you know, Im- implements his his style of play just passing and then you know find a forward basically passing midfield find a forward Uh, it worked very well at times it didn't work other times but uh, it's a style that takes time to um, embed you know so have um, we the players to adapt to to the style that he wants to play do you think our players are good enough to play that because it is 
it has to be accurate it has to it be has sharp to be accurate. the first touch has to be good stick work has to be brilliant have yeah. we the players to do that well I think we have the players if the practice is put in you mentioned earlier on about the practice it takes practice just mm-hmm. like the kick passing does it's a particular skill and uh, you know it, it's, uh, it can go wrong all so easily but if the, they certainly look proficient at it in the first half last night but then there was a lot of changes and um, now there was moves that went awry uh, one thing I, sa- I saw last night I don't think I ever saw it before in a hurling match was a, was a, uh, a sin bin a black card yeah. where the player with, it's, it's only you were explaining to me earlier on it's only when a player is fouled player inside the goal fouled inside the 20 metre line no matter where it is it could be in at the corner flag if yeah. the player is cynically fouled when when he would say if he turns the corner back and is heading towards the goal and the corner back drags him back, mm. referee has every right to award a penalty and send the player to the yeah. sin bin. Well, he did. Uh, yeah. Well, Wicklow scored from the penalty and but uh, Mead won, so it's it's up and running. And uh, tomorrow now we turn our attention to Port Leash, as you say, Fergal. Uh, yeah. Well, just just before we move on to that, so the Mead hurlers are out again on Sunday at yeah. two o'clock against Down. Would you expect many changes, or was there any? Uh, is that the panel that was? Uh, no, no, because there was a, some of the players were training actually last night. There was another group of players right. back back home training. So so Mead had a panel of twenty four. 24, there last night we just run down through the panel uh, with Kiltail's Connor Ryan and goals full back line uh, Connor Sheeran Kiltail Adam O'Connor Dunboyne and Brendan McKeown Kildalki uh, half back line Martin Healy from Kildalki James Thor from Trim Gritzy James Thor back yes Kiltskir yeah. uh, Miles Sean Garrity at 7 midfield Evan Fitzgerald and Dara Shine Kildalki and Kiltskir Myla respectively half forward line Longwoods Damien Healy Ratmalines Simon Ennis and Kermessens Lou Coran uh, full forward line Kadaki's Paddy Barnwell another one of those bright young players coming through I remember seeing him minor a couple of years yes. ago brilliant hurler with Toast Keane Rogers and Podger Hanrahan started instead of uh, Nicky Potterton yeah Nicky uh, came on as a sub later Nicky came on then you had Jack Fagan from Dunderry Killian Swain from Clannagale uh, Tom Shine from Kilskeer Myla Mickey Burke, of course, from Longwood. He he's a he make it that fella. He's a good one. <laughs> and, he's promising some promise about yeah, Mickey. Yeah, so yeah. I'll tell you what, he's somebody. He's and his dedication uh, now is as strong Great. now as it was. Yeah, and hunger. I think he made his debut for Mead footballers in oh oh four maybe. He's a warrior. You know, he's Mick. eighteen years on the road now, and mm, he's as still. strong and as fit as ever. And uh, uh, and Niall McLaren retold Kyle Donnelly from Kilmesson and Paul Kelly from Blackhall Gales. Yeah. Um, so you expect to see maybe the lads that were training last night will probably play against Down oh, which yeah. by the way that game has been changed from uh, was due to be played in Boardsmill it's now going to be played in Dungani on Sunday at 2 o'clock right, okay. against Down yeah. yes and um, of course the football is on tomorrow football. but unfortunately Castletown and, and Mead games clash they're on exactly the same time Mead are playing uh, Leash in Port Carlton at 2 o'clock yeah. and Castletown are in Port so Leash you're off, you're off to Port Leash Leash, yes. So uh, I think there was a there was a uh, there seems to be an awful lot of people outside Castleland going to this match. It's turned into a mead game, and uh, you know they'll be wearing green and gold, of course, mm-hmm. as always. So uh, it's you know they'll be representing the county in more ways than one. So look, um, oh, the people are very. Can they contain the Cliffords? That's the big question. Well, for I them. think that's what I, when you talk about it's it's the huge attraction to go and watch David Clifford and Paddy Clifford. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Castleton have their homework done. You were talking to, to Aidan Young and, you know, while they obviously identify the threats, they're well aware that the Clifford boys aren't the only threats that FOSSA have. Um, but they're also, 
They also have their own threats. Um, Surely, yeah. Pass it I down think that's and, a point that Aidan Young wanted to emphasize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You look at you look at players like Declan Kevin Cribben Ross. And, and Kevin Ross uh, can be hugely effective. And then Killian young, Price, young uh, players, Killian Price, Price, Killian Smith, Reen McConnell. Uh, and yeah. the Hoys, Ben or Shane Hoy ben, and Evan Hoy uh, are, are super defenders as well now they have their hands full but I think one of the most uh, telling statements and probably the truest thing that if they can apply it that Aidan Young said in, in to you for the piece in the Chronicle this week was that it's all about cutting off the supply mm. it's nearly more important to stop Pauly than it is to stop David Clifford that if you can stop that supply into David Clifford you could be halfway there well, of course every all the teams in Kerry and Munster you knew that. that as yeah, well yeah. and uh, so it's it's between so we'll see if they can bridge that gap between theory and practice tomorrow so it should be very interesting and uh, so another where we start kicked off the new year anyway we're up and running in the GA front and uh, other sporting ventures will start rugby as well um, we've got the Jenkinson's Cup final tonight and um, so rugby North Mead and, yeah, North Mead North Mead and, and Ashburn, Ashburn yeah, so, yeah. so uh, sport is up and running again very much so I don't so, did it ever stop running Jimmy well, it seems so <laughs> it, it, I suppose it, it was right up to the last couple of days before Christmas in terms of regional um, finals and under 21 hurling finals and under 20 football finals mm-hmm. and straight into your Bourne Cup and it's first round of the National Football League on the 29th of January away to Cork yeah well some would say let it continue let it continue yeah, yeah absolutely you know. we were shut so, down long enough so yeah exactly so listen folks thanks very much for listening to another edition of Talk A Good Game thanks Fergal for, for uh, your insights in that thanks Jimmy and uh, we'll see you or talk to you all next week hopefully so have a great week say hi